good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to Hager Seven Hershey's Zell High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rexburg along with Dane Filling and AJ Calver for this first section. Dane, a lot of call-in guests tonight here. Uh, not as big a crowd as we had last week, but uh, definitely the all the cool kids are here. For sure, and we're joined by Coach Calver, and Coach Calver and I and you all had the privilege yesterday to talk with a Belmont legend, and that was Ken Webb yesterday. What a surprise. Uh, he said that he saw in the Bloomington paper that Belmont was wrestling at Martinsville and just drove down or up. I don't know my geography uh, it, down there well it, enough. It, it would be up, and he gave his wife 10 minutes notice. He said, <laughs> Sue, I'm going to go watch the uh, State 2A wrestling finals. You want to go? I'm leaving in 10 minutes. So <laughs> that, she, was, that she, was planned. She didn't make the trip, but it was great to see him and at first, I did not recognize him, and he, and he, he slapped me, and I deserve to be slapped. But uh, talking on tales and talking about wrestling technique and, you know, what you see and what, what's good and what could be better. But he said, you know, your guys are they're quick and they're aggressive. And he said it's ama- not amazing, but he just said how great it was that Belmont has kept this program so strong for this many years. Well, the word on the street is he may be driving up for the Wednesday duel between Adam Central and Belmont. So he if talked you're about that. if you're from that era and you have an interest in maybe seeing or chatting with with Coach Webb, by all means, show up on Wednesday and get a chance to talk to him. So we are anxiously awaiting a phone call from Assistant Commissioner Robert Falcons. He's going to kick off our special show today talking about girls wrestling in the state of Indiana all the way from the youth level up to the collegiate level. We've got a couple of college head coaches that are going to be calling into the show later. We're going to talk to Jason DeLois about ISWA wrestling for girls and the opportunities that they have. And we're going to talk to Coach uh, to Commissioner Falcons about where girls wrestling stands with the IHSAA and those types of things. You and I were at the girls' regional on Friday at Maconaqua. A couple hundred girls, 50 or 60 teams, a lot of head coaches that you'd recognize, a lot of of coaches who were there at Maconaqua on Friday night and then headed to Team State in the morning. I saw Steve Sandifer there for Mishawaka. And uh, the level of wrestling from when I was in Maconaqua three years ago when Trinity and Andrea were freshmen to what we saw on Friday. It's exponential how much better it's gotten. We're going to talk to Coach Eric Myers from Jay County later on in the show, and I think he'd agree. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about how much wrestling has evolved over the decades from back in AJ's era when Belmont and Decatur started in the 60s and in the 70s. I think the even if you squeeze it down to just three or four years, the level of wrestling for these girls in high school uh, has been phenomenal. Dana, and you talk about uh, fan support. Uh, you you looked around and counted. There was probably 20 people from Belmont down there to watch those girls, and these are 20 people that are not related to, not family members of uh, Andrea and Trini, and uh, that's the kind of support that uh, these girls have uh, really got behind them to get to this level you know, in their senior year. Well, AJ and I can speak. When we decided that we were going to broadcast the state finals here this week, we went to our sponsors and our businesses, and I don't know how many no's you got, but I got a lot of yeses. Yeah, it was terrific, the response we got. And this will be it. Hey, it's the commish. Good evening, Mr. Commissioner. How are you this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing, Rex? We're doing good. Uh, we are on the air, and uh, thanks for calling in, Commissioner, for this uh, special uh, all-girls uh, wrestling show tonight. And uh, I know that uh, the state's uh, very interested. We were just talking about the uh, large turnout 
uh, between the two regionals. Uh, actually, 351 girls, I believe, was the final tally for the number of uh, girls that were registered in both those two regionals. And uh, uh, we, we think that that is a really good turnout, and we hope that uh, that is something that uh, can possibly move forward with. Well, the actual number was 371 uh, for the girls who are entering uh, in the tournament uh, today. Um, that's up from 296 from last year, so uh, we're certainly trending in the right direction for girls wrestle. So, Mr. Commissioner, Dane Filling here. Thanks for joining the show. No problem. And uh, just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I know there's a lot of talk about what needs to happen for girls wrestling to be sanctioned. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the emerging sports classification and just sort of what that looks like? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a process to go from uh, where the girls are now to, a, to having a state tournament. Uh, and that is dependent upon uh, the number of schools uh, that have and offer a wrestling program. Um, and it, it will have to start with the with the coaches and athletic actually the, the coaches association for wrestling will begin the process by making a proposal to the uh, IHSA uh, hopefully this spring uh, to start the process uh, for girls wrestling to become a state and IHSAA sport and um, that proposal uh, will start uh, with their uh, plans for the sport what season it's going to occur uh, what rules it will follow just basically outlining the sport uh, as it would be comp uh, uh, competed uh, within the IHSA. And uh, the, the wrestling coaches have been working very hard on this over the last four or five years. Um, and we're, you know, that's part of the reason that they are, they've had the girls' tournament to look at the viability of the sport, make sure um, that it can sustain itself uh, outside of the realm of, of, uh, of boys' wrestling. And, and certainly, uh, uh, what the numbers we've seen this year, um, uh, it looks like it's, it's, it's certainly on its way. Now, there are some, some cautions, um, and one of those cautions are the number of schools that offer uh, girls wrestling. And, and we, last year we had 101 schools that offered and uh, had at least one girl wrestling in their wrestling program, uh, and, and that's a little short of where we are, but... Uh, our coaches are confident that once we make um, girls wrestling an IHSA sport, um, that will cease to be an issue. And uh, with the uh, coaches in the right schools and the right in the right places, um, they'll reach that threshold of the number of schools that we'll need uh, uh, for uh, for a uh, state tournament and for uh, it being a an IHSA uh, state tournament sport. Now we're going to provide all the resources for those coaches to get uh, certified, we'll provide rules, we'll train the officials, um, but that will all start once the coaches make their proposal um, for girls wrestling to become an emerging sport within the IHSA. Well, one of the things, as you mentioned earlier, one of the things that I was really looking forward to seeing when I saw the brackets come out for the regional was the number of teams, like you mentioned, and uh, a quick glance at that shows 154 teams, 76 at the one regional and 78 at the other. So I think that's another positive sign of growth. Yeah, but you, you also got to look at the number, just because there are the number of schools represented, how many girls are wrestling for each of those schools. You know, we have 14 weight classes, and I think uh, we, we're going to look for, uh, for schools. For this to be a viable sport, we need 
uh, in excess of 120 schools with at least five wrestlers. And last year, um, we don't know that. I haven't seen that number just yet. But um, And there's, a, there's, there's another issue. We also have girls who are wrestling, I think, uh, who also who we don't haven't counted in the boys wrestling yet. We have to go back and compile those numbers once we get the the boys sectional entry the sectional entry list for the boys here in the next couple of weeks. But that will give us a better number of how many schools actually have five or more uh, girls wrestlers and that have competed for uh, uh, during the course of the year. I don't I don't know if you've had if you have those numbers uh, from the girls who are in the tournament this year, but. Um, you know, those are there's 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 that's a secondary threshold for the number of schools, but how many girls are actually wrestling for each school? Commissioner, is there any significance to that number of five per school? Well, because there are 14 weight classes, you know, we we want to be able to, you know, for girls to have the opportunity to have dual meets like the boys have, and uh, and and we we think that threshold is is one that that helps. Of schools schedule dual meets. We we know that those schools, uh, especially on the boys' side, who uh, who have uh, uh, you know limited numbers of wrestlers, don't get the dual meets. And the dual meets are where you build up the fan base and you build up the interest level in the school uh, for the program. You can have all the tournaments you want, um, but the dual meets are really the 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 events that that really garner the enthusiasm for wrestling uh, within the school building. Yeah, certainly the, the, the bulk of competition has been in the individual tournaments with a lot of school, schools bringing two or three or six uh, wrestlers on, on Saturdays. Absolutely. But uh, we, we have been lucky enough this year to have several dual meets between teams like Columbia City and Jay County. And I think as other schools see that happening, I think that's going to help grow the sport. Yeah, our coaches have really been cognizant the last three years of growing the dual meets and, and, and you know, and, you know, we'll have some schools that, that will have dual meets at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, so kids don't have to go home and come back. And, um, you know, they'll, it, it's been pretty uh, exciting to watch our coaches really work on, on building school enthusiasm for wrestling uh, through the dual meet process. The rules of, of the sport have changed uh, sort of to lessen the number of times that kids wrestle uh, in tournaments and, and put more of a focus on dual meets. I don't think that will change uh, anytime soon, um, but I, I, you know, I think uh, dual meets are, are pretty important uh, to growing the program uh, because of the opportunities it provides for every wrestler to contribute uh, to a team's success. Well, uh, Commissioner, we really appreciate your support, and as uh, one of the leaders in sports and uh, wrestling in the state of Indiana, uh, WZBD has committed to go and cover those state finals. Uh, since we do have a couple of girls in the area that are uh, ranked high in the state, uh, so uh, we've committed, and we will be the first and the only radio station covering the girls' state championship. Outstanding. I know they certainly appreciate it, uh, and, and I can't say enough about how hard our, our Wrestling Coaches Association has worked to grow um, the girls' wrestling sport here in the state of Indiana. I, I want to give them all the credit uh, for what they've done to make this an option uh, for girls and, and make it a an opportunity for them. Um, you know, we Indiana had two wrestlers on the Olympics uh, team this year, and, and that is a, a direct correlation between uh, how seriously we're going to take wrestling, and, and it also gives our girls something to shoot for uh, when we don't even, you know, it's not even a, a sanctioned sport, as you say, right now. And what could happen when we do make it an IHSA sport and how those opportunities for our, our young ladies here in the state of Indiana will explode. Commissioner A.J. Calver here. Uh, I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse, 
But uh, is if we do get sanctioned IHSA girls wrestling, could they then still do both wrestle as in the boys tournament and the girls tournament like they are now? That, that is that is as yet undetermined. Again, that will come from the from the coaches. Uh, but right now, our rules don't provide for them to to participate in in both. So if there's a girls wrestling team uh, and it's an IHSA sport, the girls have to participate against girls and they would no longer be allowed to participate on the boys teams. Thank you. Certainly a lot of things still to work out, but I think uh, the the leadership with the coaches association and the work and we were mentioning earlier in our show the level of wrestling as far as, as, as those competing and what we're seeing on the mat as opposed to two or three years ago has really uh, risen. And along with the participation, the fan following, what we saw Friday night at McConaughey was remarkable compared to what it was in the very first couple of years um, that they had. And we're really looking forward to, to Friday's state finals in Kokomo. Yeah, and, you know, at first, you know, first, first couple of years was a novelty. But as, like, as you said, as the girls continue to compete and they get better and better, I think uh, what you're going to see is that fan base is going to grow, the enthusiasm for the sport is going to grow, and all of those components will feed off, it, off of each other and, and just make it for a promising opportunity for our, for our young ladies in the state of Indiana. Well, the competitiveness from the uh, two Indiana girls who are on the Olympic team uh, doesn't hurt anyone uh, uh, coming out of the Penn area, they have about 30 girls on their wrestling team uh, following the uh, likes of Sarah Hildebrand as a, a kind of a role Absolutely. model that uh, has really built that sport in that area for them. Absolutely. And, they, you know, again, you know, as, as, as with any high school program, I think coaches are the driving factor in the participation, uh, participation numbers. Uh, the, the coaches there at Penn are dynamic individuals. I know Brad is just the guy who's in the hallways, in the lunchroom, on the bus stops you know, promoting the sport of wrestling, and that's a reason that they have uh, the numbers that they do. you got a guy here uh, in central Indiana up at Lebanon, uh, former uh, wrestling coach at, at Penn, is home with his, you know, in his hometown now, building that wrestling program. They're going to have a couple of tournaments here over the next couple of years that are going to bring in, in kids from four or five different states, and um, they're just doing the things the right way, and, and if we got coaches who are enthused about it, uh, it's certainly going to, to lend itself to the sport growing. And, and that doesn't even you know, begin to mention what Gary Myers has done when he came and made the proposal uh, from the Coaches Association to start a girls' tournament. And you know, they've, they've really ironed out all the kinks and made it very, very possible uh, to, to express um, and, and fast-track uh, girls' wrestling become an IHSA sport with all the work that they've done. And they need to be recognized for that and noted for that and and, uh, and, and support it uh, in their efforts. Well, Commissioner, as we wrap up here our segment, I want to definitely extend an invite you, to you to attend on Friday at Kokomo. And if you are in the building, please come up to our broadcast booth, and we'd be happy to, to put you on our broadcast. Certainly, I certainly will. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Thanks. That's been uh, Commissioner for the IHSAA, Robert Falkins, uh, from the first section. And uh, then you have a spot here for our buddy Tim Myers? Yeah, I'm trying to comprehend everything that, that, that was just said. There's a lot packed in there uh, that we need to listen to again. But, uh, yeah, Madman Wrestling Academy, Coach Myers, uh, the off-season opportunities that are there for area wrestlers from the Decatur area. Check those out when it comes to after the high school season. I know that Coach Myers does a lot between 
the IHSAA state finals and the ISWA state finals. He'll have, uh, I'm trying to remember what he, what he nicknames his spring, his, uh, his March. I can't remember what it is. He's got fall guys. He's got summer slammers, and I can't remember what the one is in the spring. But definitely check it out if you've got a young wrestler who is willing to commit some time and uh, work under the tutelage of Coach Myers. He'd be happy to have you in the Belmont room at Madman Wrestling Academy. It's interesting. I've never seen a coach hug so many wrestlers from the other team as I've seen Tim Myers this year. As a lot of those kids win or lose against Belmont, they're over there hugging on Myers because they've been wrestling under him for years. Great first segment as the weigh-ins have ended, and we'll be back with another call-in interview right after this message from our fine sponsors. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Welcome back to Haggard Stephan Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Joined for the first period section here, uh, Coach Eric Myers of the uh, Jay County Patriots. And, uh, Coach, uh, great weekend of wrestling. Maybe not the uh, way you wanted it to turn out, but uh, a lot of great wrestling. Uh, you had a couple of great matches to get to the finals, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, I, I talked to a couple of people over the weekend, and, you know, kind of have this motto my father-in-law brings it up here and there things could things could always be a little bit better but they could be a little bit worse too <laughs> so uh coming in there we were we were seated third and to get runner up we were happy with that belmont's got a really tough team and um you know we we tried to slide some things around we had a we had an emergency plan that we had to go to at one point and we knew that that could turn out ugly and it, it kind of did and um but we were there to try and win you know rather than try to make it close so um, we were happy to be there. We're happy to at least uh, be in the top two there in 2A. Well, since we're on a, a, a girls' show, why don't you tell us a little bit about how your girls did on Friday night at McConaughey? We we had uh, we entered 12 girls. We had one girl that uh, was sick and wasn't able to compete. Um, out of those 11 girls, we had five that qualified for the state finals. So uh, nice we had one champion in Mallory Winter at 160 pounds, and uh, our other uh, state finalists were Lizzie Dollar, Lily Lothridge, uh, Trisha Eisen, and Molly Hines. So we're looking forward to including them on our coverage on Friday. 
So if you're a Jay County wrestling fan and you're not able to make it uh, to Kokomo on Friday, we're going to do our best to cut in and out between the news and focus on the family and all those things that WZBD has during the afternoon, and we'll bring you as much coverage as possible. To your understanding, six girls from each regional, 12-man bracket, 16-man bracket, basically. I would assume that the regional champions will have a bye yes, uh, in the opening round. Right. Um, I talked to Coach Razzo about it. He said it looks just like the 1A and 2A team state bracket. Okay. So we may not be on the air right away at noon if Andre Hernandez and Trinity Coyne aren't going to wrestle until one fifteen, one thirty potentially. When we were at Kokomo, I wasn't there last year, but two years ago, four mats, if I remember right. That sounds right. In the, in the old gymnasium, so it will go fairly quickly. So we're ready to move on to our guest, and we're going to be joined as we talk a little bit about collegiate women's wrestling by Indiana Tech head coach Paul Rademacher, good friend of one of the friends of the show, Wade McClurg. Hopefully he's expecting our call. This is Paul. Coach Rademacher, Rex Burr, Dane Filling with uh, Hager Seppner, Hershey's Elva High School Wrestling Weekly. How are you tonight? Hey, good. How are you? We're good. Coach, Dane Filling here. We just got off the phone with Assistant Commissioner Robert Falcons as we talked about high school wrestling for the girls and sanctioning and those types of things. But we're ready to switch gears now and talk about collegiate wrestling and some of the opportunities that are available to young female wrestlers in Indiana. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and then about your program? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I'm the head, head women's wrestling coach at Indiana Tech and uh, came out here originally from Oregon and was at, the, at Southern Oregon University prior to coming to Indiana Tech. And, um, you know, in 2019, Indiana Tech announced that they were going to start a program. And so we, uh, they hired me to build it from, from ground zero. And so that's what... Uh, what we did and uh we actually just got back this past weekend from the national duels where we finished seventh in the country um we have 36 athletes on our team here there in fort wayne and um you know we're just just trying to build an nai program that's going to be successful and uh, uh competitive nationally so out of those 36 athletes that you have how many of them are from indiana um gosh i actually i didn't count that ahead of time um but probably around 15 okay so talking about uh talking to coach or commissioner falcons earlier uh we were talking about the the state of indiana high school girls wrestling from what you've seen in your position where does indiana stack up with some of the other states in the midwest yeah you know um it's really great to see what indiana the the girls have been doing for the past few years we've uh i've been lucky enough to be on the the state teams both with the duels this past year and the um, fargo team and you know we've put national athletes you know athletes that are that are winning all americans national finalists uh you know we we definitely are right there with all the teams in the midwest between michigan ohio uh, you know, we're probably a little behind Illinois just because Illinois kind of has done what they've done over the past few years. But, um, as far as high school wrestling, the, the athletes that are in that high school age group, I can build a competitive team straight from Indiana. So one of the things that the commission, the commissioner mentioned that, uh, we, we're all still trying to process here a little bit was yeah. uh, a bit of an emphasis on having teams big enough to hold 
dual meets between high school teams for just girls. Uh, is that something that you see in other states, or is it mostly an individual-type sport in, uh, in other states? I think there's a mix. Truthfully, I think there's a, there's a mix of, of states seeing that. Um, I think it's super important to get the dual meets, just like he said, I think, I think it's really important. And I think uh, the Columbia city and Jay County dual meet a couple weeks ago um, speaks a lot to where the sport's headed and where it is and what, you know, um, the growth that's happened. Uh, you know, I know for us as a college program, having dual meets really brings our team together and really, really helps us uh, market our program. So I think it's super important but I would say that most of the states around us right now don't really have a lot of dual meets. You know, the, the, the true states that really only have dual meets are really the, the Washington, the Texas. Uh, I think Hawaii has some. Uh, Oregon starting to get there. But even California, it's a lot more individuals. Um, there's a few teams, but a, there's a lot of individual teams um, to where it's not a lot of uh, dual meets even in California. So let's talk a little bit more about Indiana Tech. Uh, if mm -hmm. I am a, a high school athlete looking at your program or a parent of a high school athlete, what are the benefits to, to joining the Indiana Tech women's wrestling program? Yeah, um, you know, our school to start with is, is a good school. We've got small classes, so your, your, your student athlete is going to get a great student experience. Um, you know, really it comes down to that first and foremost, they're going to get a good education. They're going to have a class sizes that are small enough that they can ask the professors questions if they get stuck and they can kind of get the knowledge they need to be successful out in the real world. Once they get a job, as far as the wrestling team, you know, we've got, we've got, like I said, 36 athletes gives us a wide range of practice partners. We've got athletes that, that are, pushing for all American and world teams. And we've got athletes that are, you know, second year, third year wrestlers. And so everyone on our team can get better every day. And then we also just have a lot of athletes that allow us to, Hey, you're struggling to get some, get the legs on somebody that wrestles left-handed or somebody that wrestles from space or likes to wrestle in an underhook, go wrestle with this person for a day or a week or a month so that we can get these problems solved so that we can get better every day in our room. Um, that's one of the biggest things that we have going for us is that we just, we can get better every day in our room. We teach a lot of technique. We've got athletes that have never done freestyle before. It's no problem. Um, we teach, we teach stuff almost every day and that allows our athletes to really develop. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, that we have going for us is that we do develop our athletes from top to bottom. Um, our girls that come in that are national placers, they develop and they get better and we get athletes that, you know, we're just good athletes in high school and they develop and they get better and make their way towards that, that higher end as well. So coach with uh, more and more uh, women's wrestling teams in college emerging, uh, is it getting easier for you to have uh, matches or do you still have quite a bit of uh, travel time to get to another school where you can have a match with another team? Yeah. Um, you know, we do get, we do get some close matches, um, but we're in the mid South conference. So we generally have to travel a little bit. We have to travel to Kentucky every other year and then the opposite year we travel to georgia and so we do travel a lot just because our conference uh but it is nice to have you know try and start in their program uh adrian's got a program lords has got a program sienna heights is starting a program and so between all of these schools up here in the in the you know upper midwest we are able to find find good competition close and uh you know that obviously helps the budget side of things 
Well, Coach, we thank you for joining us on our show, and I'd like to extend the same invite to you. I don't know what your schedule is, but if you are on hand on Friday in Kokomo, please join us up in our broadcast booth, and we'll, we'll put you on the air again. I totally understand. I'd love to. We're, as of right now, we're going to be in York, Nebraska competing, but I'll be following along, and uh, I'm super glad you guys are broadcasting because I look forward to listening to it. Okay, Coach, thank you very much for coming on the show. We'll be glad to have you on again sometime soon. Okay, thanks, guys. That has been Coach uh, Paul Rademacher from uh, what's his uh, Indiana Tech uh, new women's uh, team. And, uh, Dane, I think you got a team monster spot you need to read. Well, I'm going to go with the double eagle first, and I will ask Coach Myers here what his menu choice was tonight. He's got some egg rolls over there. I've seen them. i got some egg rolls and wings that came out right as I walked up here. <laughs> That's, I had I had to pork goes sometimes. I had to pork egg rolls last week and they're phenomenal. Always good food here at the Double Eagle and we were talking a bit earlier that we're here every Sunday night, but in a couple weeks when the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games are on Sunday, we'll actually have a Monday night show and then the day after the Super Bowl, uh, if you don't have any Valentine's Day plans, Rex, you can come here and maybe find a Valentine or just listen to some high school wrestling coverage. You mean you mean a show as important as this one doesn't pull enough weight to knock the Pre-empt ABC the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So with that, we're going to send it back to Steve Rouse, uh, our studio technician, running aboard for us tonight for a round of commercials. We'll be back with uh, the uh, second period and Coach Amy Hildebrand of Trine University right after this. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to Hager 7 Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek once again live in the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And now we're joined on the air by uh, coach of the Trine University Ladies Wrestling Team, Amy Hildebrand. And Amy, the first question I have to ask you is, what's it like watching your little sister wrestle in the Olympics? Older sister. Oh, <laughs> older. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you know what? It's funny because everyone actually does think I am the older sister. So she'll Well, she's tiny. Up. She's like a little wasp. So She is. <laughs> um no, but anyways, to answer your question, it is honestly surreal. Like, I don't know, you, you think you're prepared for something? Like, obviously, that's been her dream her whole life. So, and I've been with it every step of the way, but uh, just watching it, it's like constantly shaking. I'm always so excited for her. It's like we go through the same ups and downs of, you know, any wrestling tournament, any successes, any failures. But um, 
all in all, I'm just like super proud and filled with joy that she was even able to compete with the virus and stuff. So, well, I'll tell you that uh, because we had to watch it uh, very early in the morning, I was in my uh, basement lair at uh, 5:30 a.m. watching her wrestling her last match, and I'm screaming, "Stay away, stay away, stall!" And she gets thrown, and I was screaming, and I think I woke everybody else in the house up. But uh, it was just that kind of intensity. And I tell you what, the women's wrestling during the Olympics this past year was just phenomenal. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was incredible. There was like, I, I was happy to watch every single girl wrestle. I was just like, oh my gosh. I lo- it was always entertaining, right? Well, Amy Dane Filling here. I have a question for you. I want to know if you got any Penn State wrestling gear for Christmas. <laughs> I did. I did get some Penn State wrestling gear, yeah. I was like, man, Drew better get me something. So um, do, you have to put the, do you have to put the Central Michigan gear up on the shelf, or do you get to wear, can you wear both? I definitely wore pretty much only Central Michigan gear when Drew was home just because I have so much more of it. So um, I, I was like, Drew, you don't mind, do you? And he's like, no, like, you know, there's no hard feelings. Obviously, we still love Central. Um, it was just, you know, a lot of different things aligned and, you know, some opportunities are just too hard to pass up on. So no, no bad blood. I definitely still wear all my Central stuff. We are, of course, referencing uh, Amy's brother, Drew, transferring from Central Michigan to Penn State, not a shabby program to jump into, and uh, certainly excited to see what he can do and to watch him on Big Ten Network this year. But let's focus a little bit on girls wrestling. I talked to you a little bit on Friday. What did you think of the quality of wrestling, the crowd, and just the overall experience Friday at McConaughey? Yeah, so I'm honestly blown away just from the progress of where girls wrestling was when I was in high school. Um, and just over the short amount of time, how much it's grown. Obviously, there's still work to be done, right? It was it was a little cramped. I guess maybe not a bad problem to have. That means we had lots of spectators. Uh, but as far as quality of wrestling goes, I saw so much more than I'd ever seen before with girls, like, taking shots. I mean, honestly, that was a hard thing a couple of years ago. It's like you just saw the same stuff, like headlocks or people muscling things. Um, but there was so much technique that a lot of these young women had. And I was just blown away. I'm like, man, you guys are the future of women's wrestling, and it shows. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because we actually talked to one of Belmont's female wrestlers, Trinity Coyne, when we were up at Mishawaka during our show. And um, I think Rex asked her how she scored, and I said, was it a headlock? And she looked at me and she said, that was freshman year me. I don't headlock <laughs> anymore. And, uh, and I think that does, it is very true. And we mentioned earlier in the show um, I was at regional three years ago when those girls were freshmen, and that was my comment too. Was the technique has gone up drastically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool to just kind of see the progress each year. And it's like, obviously, you're going to have a handful, right? Which is good. That means the sport's growing because we still have like young wrestlers in there. Um, but just the level of skill that a lot of these girls have is—I mean, it's it's very good. It's very good. So why don't you give us a little bit of a background in the story as to how you became the head coach of Trine Women's Wrestling. All righty. Well, it's not too long. So I actually coached at Penn High School. I was one of the coaches there for their girls team. And then one day I was at State after I had, I was kind of going back and forth because I was helping my sister train at the time. So I was in Colorado, but I went back so I could coach the girls at State and stuff like that. Um, And... I got the pleasure of talking with the Trine Athletic Department. Um, and, you know, we talked a little, had, had a couple meetings. They actually flew out to Colorado to talk with me. And end of the day, I got the job, which was super exciting. Um, I really appreciate just, like, 
the whole interview process because they're looking for, you know, they want to help trailblaze where women wrestling is, right? And having like a female coach, for example, and making that a priority, I saw that they had a lot of the same values I had when it comes to growing women's wrestling. Um, so I jumped on board right away, fit right in with the athletic, uh, the athletic staff, and it's, well, it's, I wouldn't say smooth rolling because there was an entire, you know, pandemic, but <laughs> definitely could have been much worse. No, that, that's kind of a good news, bad news, isn't it? Good news is you got a new job. The bad news is you have to start a program from scratch and build a new program in a very young sport. So it's uh, mm-hmm. good news, bad news, right? Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, we're wrestlers. We're used to hardship, so. <laughs> I definitely am used to putting the grind in. Um, I do like that I'm able to kind of make my own culture. So I will say, you know, you'll hear a lot of girls, especially when I'm recruiting, they're like, uh, you know, it's a girl's team full of drama. And I was like, uh, no, it doesn't have to be. What are you talking about? My girl's team isn't full of drama. And, and we all get along. We're all good friends. You all go through the same pain together. So I like that I have, you know, a good set of girls and I get to dictate what personalities are on my team. So one of the questions that we asked Coach Rademacher uh, was this. Tell us, as a parent of a high school wrestler who's looking at, at, at joining a, a women's program, why Trine? Well, I mean, I could give you a long list. I think the most important thing as a parent to consider is if the education is worthwhile. Um, obviously, that's the main reason you go to school. And Trine is a fantastic school. We're an engineering college which gives girls a lot more options than they usually would get going to a, a, a school with women's wrestling. Um, and I think that the environment, just the culture there, is very geared towards being successful, not only athletically, like we're going to get that, but also academically. Uh, just a whole bunch of safety and knowing that your degree is going to be worth the cost of it, right? So uh, do, you, do you have uh, some difficulties getting uh, some of the girls to wrestle? Because wrestling is a very physical sport. The last time I interviewed your sister was at the state finals a few years ago, and she just came off of our national championship, and she was wearing seven stitches in her forehead from a <laughs> gash that she had. So uh, you can come out of rest, women's wrestling not real pretty, but uh, she wears that badge of honor pretty well. She has a lot of uh, Facebook posts where she puts out a lot of blood running down her face. Uh, she's, she's pretty proud of those wounds. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, all the girls kind of like, I, I definitely will be at a tournament and my girls will be like, do I have a black eye? Do I? And they kind of want one. And I'm like, let's, uh, let's not <laughs> get injured. Um, but I think for the most part, once you're in that sport, that kind of culture around, you know, it looks cool, whatever. I, my sister, like that picture of her with all the stitches, like literally one of her most popular pictures ever. Like, you know, people eat it up. But uh, as far as like the girls that I talk to, Generally, like, I never let anyone go out of their comfort zone. We haven't had many injuries at all. I think the worst one was, like, one time I got hit in the face and got a bloody nose. Like, (laughs) so none of them. But, yeah, I I haven't had much of an issue with that. So last question before we transition into our next segment. What's on the horizon for trying women's wrestling? What do you guys have coming up here in the next few weeks and months? Yeah, so we actually have a try meet at trying, hosted at trying not this weekend but the next weekend after that so that's coming up it's going to be our first ever meet that we've hosted and then i think after that it's pretty much a different tournament or duel that we'll be jumping onto like every week until regional qualifiers for nationals so looking forward to that and hopefully i got one of my girls through to nationals last year so hopefully we can you know get that and more this year 
One quick question. Uh, how many girls do you have on your team right now uh, for, on your squad? So right now I have four on my team. Um, we're pretty small. So <laughs> I'm not mad about that, though, either, because it's ushering in really great technique. So when my girls, they're all underclassmen, they're all very new to wrestling in college um, and freestyle, but it means that their technique is like, oh my gosh, so beautiful to the centimeter, right? When they're upperclassmen, they're going to be able to pretty much be assistant coaches. So that's something I'm thankful for. Well, uh, with the uh, girls' state finals this weekend, I'm assuming that uh, you or someone from Trine will be down there, down there doing some recruiting. Uh, Dana's offered uh, the invitation to the other two uh, guests we had on the show tonight that uh, if you are there, please come up and visit us in our interview loft as WZBD will be covering uh, as much of the action as we can squeeze onto the air on Friday night. Definitely, yeah, I'll be there. Perfect. Well, we look forward to speaking with you on Friday, and we thank you for coming on our show tonight. All righty. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. That has been uh, Amy Hildebrandt, uh, younger sister of uh, Sarah Hildebrandt and the coach of the Trine Women's University uh, wrestling team. And, Dane, now you can talk about your friends at Team Mantra. Absolutely. And Team Mantra is going to get a lot of business here because they already have, what are we, uh, 24? Six hours removed from Belmont winning a state title. Team Mantra already has the basic design down for the state championship T-shirt. We're still hammering out the, the last-second details and double-checking the spelling and all those types of things. But look for a, an online store, as Belmont has done earlier in the uh, season, to order the state championship T-shirts. There will be a handout at Wednesday's Adam Central Home Meet. And um, one other thing, too, I, before I forget, you are going to have the opportunity to order one of the media guides for this year. There will be an order form there. We sold out the first 50 that we, that we printed, and we're going to take one more order in case anybody else wants one. But the nice thing about Team Entreware is you send them. They do all the design work. Um, we actually had sent some of the design work to them before this weekend and said, hey, we just want to get a head start on this. If, if, you know, if Belmont doesn't win, we'll, we'll shelve it and we'll put it off to the side. And they were very happy to spend design time and, and their hours to design something that they may not even ever sell uh, in, in, in hopes of helping us out. So check out the online store for Belmont Wrestling for Team Mantraware. If you are a coach and looking for a place to take care of your apparel needs where you're not going to have to take care of receipts and deposits and all those types of things it's the perfect place they're on main street in bluffton and they do a great job dan i think we need to take our bitmojis that uh, joe had made for us and you and i get us some haggerstep and hershey's old high school wrestling weekly could we throw them out could we, we throw them out to the crowd or would they get no they get t-shirt cannon they'd get cocktail sauce on them from the shrimp i, I think, think if i turn in a bill to rob for a t-shirt cannon that uh, we'd get rejected on that Poof! with that we're going to send it back to studio steve rouse run the board for us and we'll be back with our third period and uh, coach uh, Jason Delois of the Indiana uh, ISWA women's wrestling director right after this. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. 
Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Winter might be here, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about golf. Give Cross Creek Golf Club a call at 724-4316 or visit their website crosscreekdecatur.com for all of your off-season golf needs. Memberships and gift cards make great presents for the golfers in your life. Book an outing for this year, but hurry as they fill up fast. March is just right around the corner. Cross Creek, a proud supporter of Belmont Athletics and Belmont Wrestling. Welcome back to Hacker Zeph and Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek once again live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Brewer along with Dane Fillinger are joined by Jason Deloyce, the uh, women's director for the ISWA for Indiana. Welcome to the show, Coach. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. Well, we've had the opportunity to talk about high school wrestling with Commissioner Falcons. We've had the opportunity to speak oh, to two college head coaches in the coaches at Indiana Tech and at Trine, and now we'd like to spend a little bit of time talking to you about the opportunities that are available to young wrestlers before they get to high school. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about the opportunities for female wrestlers at the youth level and what the ISWA offers. Oh, man, right now uh, we've got a lot more than we've had in the last, in the past, I would say, five to six years. It's night and day where we came and uh, where we're headed. Uh, we've got several opportunities. Um, we're hoping to uh, possibly fill a 14U dual team going out to uh, the Girls Folk Style Nationals this year in Colorado Springs, uh, home of the uh, Olympic Training Center. And you'll have to excuse me a little bit. I just uh, unloaded my car and pulled all my stuff inside and just got back from elementary dual state, so I'm a little, sound like I'm a little out of breath. You're fine. You're but. fine. I know it's been a busy week for a lot of different people. Oh, my gosh. But I'll, I'll, I need to reiterate a little bit more on the opportunities that have been created. Um, 14U dual team. We're also hoping to take a, a, 16, a combined 16U junior dual team out there. And that's also an individual open tournament. Uh, we do a tournament called Heartland Duels, uh, Heartland National Duels. That's out in um, uh, <clears throat> Nebraska. Um, and we take a combined first grade through eighth grade team out there for the last two years that we've went. Uh, we've got third place, um, so we're doing pretty good there against some really good nationally ranked teams. Um, we take a team, and only one of these opportunities um, about five or six years ago before I came on was uh, available with Fargo. And, uh, man, ever since then, uh, great people at ISWA uh, has really came on board, uh, Pat Culp and a whole ton of people that are just really excited about women's wrestling and just really getting behind it. Uh, are starting to provide a lot more opportunities, but uh, we 
we uh, <clears throat> filled a team to go out to um, uh, junior duels in um, uh, Oklahoma. Um, we do the, a team that goes to uh, Texas now for the uh, Freestyle Nationals um, and as well as uh, Fargo. So, yeah, I mean, a ton of opportunities out there. So if I'm a parent of a, a young wrestler who has maybe participated in my club and is maybe 10, 11, 12 years old and has gone to a couple of open tournaments and is interested in sort of uh, getting more competitive, but, you know, is the first step competing in the ISWA girls uh, wrestling finals? Um, depending on your age group, um, I would say, you know, depending uh, experience, age, you know, if you're a first or second year wrestler, I would... I'm just recommending this is uh, definitely people advance at a different level. But, you know, if I would say that the beginners, they should stay with more local tournaments just so it's not discouraging stepping straight up into the, the state tournament. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it seemed a little bit better to uh, just advance that way a little bit slower steps. But the older girls seem to advance a little bit faster. So the ISWA wrestling finals for the girls, is that the same weekend as the boys finals? Um, it is. Yep. Yep. Okay, so yeah, and it's all on the same weekend here. And those opportunities are available for all of the traditional age groups and weight classes. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, they so are. just just like the boys then. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we try to run them alongside of. It's nice to have the same height, you know, and the kids or the girls really enjoy being a part of that that grandeur of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, a, a little bit more about the, the the teams that you're taking to different states. How does uh, a wrestler get involved in that? Is that a recruitment process by you as the director? Um, do they do they contact um, you or do you contact depends them? Depends on the tournament, really. Um, so this year is the first year that we're going to try to do a um, – well, not the first year, but I'm going to try to recruit individuals for the uh, <clears throat> the um, folk-style nationals that are out in Colorado Springs. But it's more of a sponsored trip by the ISWA. They pay the team fee – for the dual teams portion of it. So then we would all go out as Team Indiana, and it's something that, I, you know, I put together a trip and try to get them going. So that trip is, there's no, the, we're thinking about making it a qualifier um, from folk style or uh, girls high school state and other state tournaments to go to folk style nationals. But it really is just case, you know, case sensitive to the uh, tournament, like uh, Heartland Duels. Uh, the, the qualifier for that is uh, middle school state. So this year we're going to go in line with the uh, Heartland dual weights to the middle school, middle school uh, individual middle school tournament for the girls' weights. So that way it's just a direct, you know, translation there. Um, other teams, uh, as far as the um, uh, 16U junior duels, um, that's more of a pick thing. We try to, uh, you know, through the uh, freestyle state championship, since that's a freestyle tournament. Um, we tried to pick the top girls, but of course people are different, available at different times. So what happens there is sometimes I have to go down the ladder and pick the second or third. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's getting a lot easier though with the numbers coming up and everything getting a lot better uh, for me to recruit a team like that. But, you know, I've had a lot of success um, <clears throat> building girls teams just because I've been doing it for so long. And it's not, I, you know, I can make... If we have 14, this is just hypothetical situation. If I have 12, 14 weight classes, I can make sometimes 10 calls and fill them all, you know. 
every now and again. It'll, it'll take me a few days, you know, but it's not, it's not too bad really anymore. Well, Coach, I wouldn't want to uh, say goodbye to you without giving you a chance to brag a little bit. Uh, you've got a, a young lady who oh, was yeah. a regional champion on Friday. Thank you. Um, she, um, my daughter, uh, she got second. Um, she was undefeated the whole way coming through and uh, wrestled against a powerhouse and uh, Katie Campbell. I've, I've, uh, Katie Campbell's been on my uh, national teams for years. You know, she's came up through us uh, with my uh, national. So I started a, a girls' national team called the Indiana Ignites a few years back, and uh, Katie's been wrestling with us, but they both wrestled the 120-pound division. And um, Sydney, we, we got to the finals, and uh, Sydney was undefeated. Both wrestlers were undefeated at the time. And now she's 21 and one. So we lost 2-0 in kind of a clinch match, but we're going to be watching the video. You guarantee that. And we're going to be prepared for this next match. But one match at a time. We got to get to the finals first. So we got a couple tall orders to get there. And uh, man, it's just really exciting to see how competitive uh, high school states gotten over the years. Like, you know, I'm I'm excited. You know, this this weekend is going to be something else. Well, I apologize because I looked up New Palestine's results and. I didn't realize that that 120 bracket was so large. It showed your daughter as winning the, the A side, and I thought that that meant she won, but they actually had more than 16 so girls we, then at 120, <laughs> huh? I want to say 21, 22, somewhere around there, but both uh, the prime weights right around there, 120 to uh, 132 from the north and south regions. Uh, a lot of them split up into two brackets, and the reason we do that because the IHSA rules stipulate that you can't wrestle more than five matches in a uh, day. So we had double. We had to make two brackets there, break it down to a three breakdown, and then, or actually a four if they get there, and then there's a crossover where the ones and ones come together. Okay, yep. so your your daughter was in the A bracket, and Katie Campbell was in the other. I got it now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Coach, one of the, one of the statements you made there that kind of caught my uh, attention is that uh, your your daughter was twenty one and zero. The fact that you were you've been able to get her twenty one <laughs> matches in a season when it seems like uh, girls teams are, are struggling to get matches, but uh, there are more oh, and more goodness. tournaments every year. But uh, for her to have twenty one matches heading into regional is a, is a really good feat. And it's it's just a testament to what the coaches are able to do across the state now. You know, before this year, there was um. Three girls tournaments um, started with um, Conqua Penn and then uh, Lebanon, uh, and then you know we I've been running the Lebanon's tournament for the last three years, and you know it was really just come down to what it really come down um, in the main minutes of the uh, IHSAA is one of the requirements that they wanted to see is a season set forth for the girls, so you know we you know all the coaches got together made a few calls we said who wants to put up together a tournament, and it was like. I mean, it was instant, hey, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know what I mean? And then before you knew it, we started the season with five uh, tournaments every weekend from the start, November 20th, um, until the buildup. And um, we ended up with a sixth one that came on late in the game because everybody's seen how popular it was. And, man, I mean, I'm telling you, I haven't seen loaded brackets like this in a long time. Almost every tournament that we went to, uh, Sydney's bracket and the uh, the prime weights had 20 to 25 girls, and that's the prime weights. And all the others were really full as well. So this, uh, I really want to say that the um, these tournaments have really caught people's eye. They've really helped with the numbers. You know, with 350, 350 girls going into um, uh, North Regional and South Regional collectively. Um, I just, I'm really excited. This train's on the track, and it is not getting off. 
Um, since we've, it's IHSGW's inception in uh, 2017, I think they started with 93 girls, um, and it's had a 200, I figured out a couple nights ago, 276% growth over the last six years. That's, that's 46 percent increase every year since it started and I uh, can't brag enough about Gary Myers efforts of a Hamilton Heights head coach he's the uh, the backbone the financial uh, wizard of uh, the IHSGW and uh, he really is just an amazing man and uh, Pat Culp I man Pat Culp that lady's just an incredible woman and the, the time and efforts that she puts in for uh, Indiana wrestling is just second to none I mean I can't even you know I've I went to three tournaments this weekend. She was at all of them. She probably ran seven or eight tournaments this weekend alone. So, I mean, that's incredible. Well, Coach, we certainly thank you for the role that you've played in promoting girls wrestling, and we thank you for coming on our show. And we would like to invite you to come up to our broadcast booth on Friday in Kokomo to chat a little bit more. Beautiful. I wouldn't miss it. I appreciate you. Perfect. We look forward to seeing you on Friday. Yes, sir. Have a great night. Thanks for calling. Take care. That has been uh, Mr. Jason Delois from uh, the Women's Director for the ISWA as we uh, end our uh, spot. But uh, we have a uh, read here for the Fort Wrestling Facility, Dane. Fort Wrestling Facility at 1519 Goshen Road in Fort Wayne, building young wrestlers all across the fort, one practice at a time. Coach Oberlin, join him for a live practice session or one of his upcoming camps. I know he's already working on some upcoming camps for after the high school season and through the summer. His website is thefortwrestling.com, open to wrestlers seven years old through high school. Don't miss the chance to train with wrestlers from all over the area, focusing on technique and conditioning and learning how to love the sport of wrestling. That's the Fort Wrestling Facility, building wrestlers in the fort. Running a little bit long here, but we're going to send back to studio for a couple commercials, come back with the wrap of our regular radio broadcast right after this. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sand blasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to Hagerstep and Hershey's Elt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, the uh, food at the Double Eagle was wonderful tonight. I went with tots and gizzards tonight, Dane. Back to the gizzards. I think we'll go back to the gizzards next week. I stuck with the tots today and the cheese curds. 
Hey, want to run down the schedule for the rest of the week? We've got the Matt Painter Show tomorrow at 6.05, followed by the Pacers after that. Then on Tuesday, we've got ACAC Basketball Tournament action. Jay County and Adam Central were on the air Saturday night as you and I were headed home with Mike Mockey and Lou Koning, and they're right back on the radio again Tuesday night, both girls and boys action. The girls play at 6, and the boys are to follow. And then on uh, later in the night on Tuesday, we'll have Purdue at Michigan in men's basketball. On Wednesday, we've got the showdown between Adam Central and Belmont live from the TP indicator. Rex and I will be on the call as AJ will be out on the links in Florida. Then on Thursday, it's going to be myself and Nat Wood down at Delta as Adam Central takes on the Eagles. We're going to uh, get a full dose of Adam Central here this week because on Saturday, we're also going to have the AC Jet invite live in the morning. But before that, we're going to have the girls' state finals, uh, the first radio broadcast of the girls' state finals in uh, Indiana history. And I'm excited about that. And I'm even more excited that it starts at noon because we were actually scheduled to cover the ACAC basketball tournament semifinals that night. So it worked out even better for our schedule. So you'll have girls' wrestling state finals all throughout the afternoon and into the evening. And as soon as we're done, they're going to head over to ACAC basketball action. Depending on who wins and where, we don't know yet. That'll depend on Tuesday's results. But then on Saturday, join Rex and myself live from Monroe from the SAC. If we can get the Wi-Fi password from the Adam Central put wrestling. It out, put it out there early because if we don't have that, you don't have wrestling <laughs> on a radio. Well, I sat next to Phil Arnold on Saturday, and so I, I sweet-talked him a little bit. And then Saturday night, we will have the ACAC basketball tourney finals. No matter where, no matter who's in it, we're going to be covering it for WZBD. And with that, uh, that wraps the radio portion of the Haggard Sefton Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly. And, and Dane, one of our main sponsors, the uh, Haggard Sefton Hershey's Funeral Home. We'd like to uh, give our condolences to uh, Pat and Susie, who lost a son this week. And uh, I don't care how long you've been in that business, uh, it's not an easy one to be in when it's one of your own. So. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. I'd like to thank our crowd here. And uh, that wraps up for the week. And uh, stick around on the podcast version. We'll have a little extended version right after this. Thanks a lot, Steve, for running aboard. Talk to you next Sunday. Hey, I've got the girls. I've got the North Regional up here. you got the South one up there. You want to talk? Well, let's just talk about the North one. Yeah, well, we can talk a little bit about um, specifically uh, – Eric, what, what weights were your girls? You have a 106-pounder. I, I just saw them. We can just run down weight class at a time. We'll just talk about area girls that might be in it. So at 98, um, no real area wrestler uh, at the top of that class. At 106, Juliano Campo, who we all know has kind of a Decatur connection, is a winner of that. And uh, third place goes to Lizzie Dollar of Jay County. And uh, she took third place by winning by major decision over a young lady from Elkhart Central, 9-0. And Joy Cantu from Merrillville is another girl who I think at one point this year was ranked in the top 20 on Indiana Matt. And on the other side then at 106, to show you how loaded that weight class is, Heather Crawl from Northeastern is also ranked in the state right now in the top 25 on Indiana Matt. So some really talented girls there three, at 106 pounds. Three girls yeah, at I don't 106 think Cant- on a boy's side? I don't think Cantu's ranked anymore, but I know that she has been knocking on the door. At 113, a young lady from West Lafayette was the winner, and a girl from uh, Columbia City takes third in uh, Alexis Spalding. And then Jay County has a fifth-place winner in uh, Dakota Chowning. Yeah, and 
that was a weight class that was split into an A and B pool. So okay. The, those girls, we had a fifth placer in the A pool and a fifth placer in the B pool, but the, those two didn't qualify for state because it was a, B. split. Yeah. And then on the other side in the south, Tori Buchanan, one of the, the, the best girl wrestlers uh, in the state from West Vigo, she wins by major decision in uh, at the 113-pound finals. Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago at Northmont at 106 that Toriana Buchanan was in the semifinals and if she would have won, she would have faced Juliana Ocampo in the finals. I, I was looking forward to that, but she lost to the number one seed, and then Juliana Ocampo beat the one seed and won the tournament. So they almost had two girls meet in the finals of a boys' tournament. Yes, yes, two. Yeah, they very were talented girls. Yeah, they were. That was a, a highly anticipated. It's too bad that it didn't happen. There was a two A pool, an A and a B pool at 120. Uh, no area girls uh, on the A side and the B side. Uh, Jay County has a girl come in fifth place in Emily Manor. And then at 120 pounds, we previously mentioned Katie Campbell of North Montgomery, also one of the big stars of, of Indiana High School girls wrestling. She beats Sydney DeLois. I don't remember. Did he say what the score was? 2-0. 2-0. Okay. Both of those girls, very, very talented. I know Andrea has wrestled them a couple times. And now we are going to uh, brag up the first place winner, 126 pounds, as Andrea Hernandez uh, was the winner from Belmont, and uh, she pins her way through the tournament, uh, gets a fall in the uh, finals in a minute 57. Uh, talking to Helen Mankey, Helen said she gave up the first takedown, but got a reversal and reversed the girl right to her back and pinned her. And the match that I did see, well, she just totally outclassed the girl she wrestled. Just technique is phenomenal. And really cool, Andrea never lost a match in high school at a regional. She was a, three, a three-time champ. Of course, neither of the girls wrestled last year because of injury but uh the interesting because the name that that i look at as i look at the other side of the bracket is anna crescia from from center grove now who used to go to delta and andrea and anna met at the state finals two years ago at kokomo so a very familiar face so at 132 pounds a young lady from columbia city wins the a pool um, in the B pool, a young lady from uh, Jay County places second. Did she end up qualifying then? Yes, yeah, she did. Um, she got fourth. Okay. Uh, she lost her third, fourth place match to nothing. So that that was an interesting thing that I talked to Coach Razzo about at uh, Team State is that the um, they didn't wrestle the the two third placers whenever they split the A and B pool. So that is going to be a first round match at the state finals. Okay. So to determine who's the fifth and sixth seed. So they, they put some real thought into it. And well, the reason for that was, was they went over their match limit if they would have so wrestled that extra So they couldn't get yeah. it in. So at 132 pounds then at the South Regional, Kalen Campbell from North Montgomery was your champion. At uh, 138 pounds, another place for uh, Belmont to brag is Trinity Coint from Belmont uh, pins her way through the tournament uh, she a uh, winner by fall over a young lady from South Bend Riley in the finals in a minute 30. Uh, I watched uh, her second round match. A uh, couple of really nice takedowns and finally just uh, worked from the top and hit like a little bundle and ran around and uh, gets the fall. And uh, both these young ladies uh, really wrestle at a high level of technique. And uh, talk about that just a little bit, Eric. Uh, do you ever have any uh, time when uh, your girls may go to like a madman's kind of thing and pair up with other girls and wrestle to other areas or just kind of a 
practice session or not? They have some um, in Indianapolis. Warren Central will have a, a girls' RTC here and there um, or, or different practices at some of the academies. Um, a lot of opportunities, though, for girls, especially in the Indianapolis area. Now uh, with uh, Warrior RTC right now and, and some of the things that India Tech and especially their girls' program is offering, there's, there's a lot of places that girls can go to get better. At 138 pounds then, kind of a surprise, I thought. I was expecting to see Katie Mattingly as the champion down in the Southern uh, Regional. She ends up finishing third, and I'm not sure what the brackets are going to look like, but I would imagine that that might put her on the same half as Trinity Coin, and I believe that's one of Trinity's losses this year. At 145, uh, first place uh, went to a young lady from Kokomo. New Haven had a young lady finished fourth a uh, young lady from columbia city comes in sixth uh hannah maggart from columbia city takes sixth, and uh, olivia bode from new haven takes fourth yeah then at 152 pounds the champion from the south regional is uh, jake o'neill's daughter who transferred with him to warren central <coughs> kirsten o'neill i believe she's a defending state champion if i remember right i wasn't there last year she is yeah 152 bracket at the uh, north um Regional, a young lady from uh, New Haven comes in third in uh, Katie Busser, uh, Callie Bussard. And then we jump up to 160. A uh, young lady from Jay County named Mallory Winner. And uh, we've always thought that that, that name was a winner in itself as uh, her older brother Mason uh, spent a lot of time on the WZBD channel uh, as we followed him through the uh, tournament. Uh, and I want you to talk a little bit about that young lady as she carries some of the same... Uh, aggressiveness that her older brother does yeah they, they have a very similar style um i i i may have mentioned this before but i i told her dad after i watched her uh, i think when the first tournament of the year in new palestine it, it was like everything that mason did in his career like every little um you know he did he had a, a couple of of things with moving his feet. We wanted to move his feet a little bit more. That's what we wanted Mallory to do. On top, she she ran a bar on the backside really well and, and um, a, lot of, a lot of pressure on top, and that's what Mason did. And, um, you know, <laughs> at the end of the match, the, the girl that she was wrestling got a little frustrated with her. I saw that happen a lot of times <laughs> in Mason's match. So it was there was a lot of mirror image things that went on there. You know, kind of digress a little bit, but I had a little conversation that uh, Coach Shepard from Western before the match, who just kind of, I refereed his matches when he was a kid, and he talked about girls wrestling, and he said he has some girls that uh, didn't really participate this year, but he said that Braden Herb, who graduated from last year, has a sister that's a softball player, and she told all of her friends, she said, we don't do anything during the wintertime. We're all wrestling next year. And he said, she, by far, is the greatest athlete in that family. And he said, look out, girls, because when, when Mrs. Miss Herb makes the match, he said that she is a fantastic athlete. Yeah, I think that's kind of neat, too, whenever they start recruiting from other sports that are out of season. Um, I know Penn has a lot of softball girls on their team, and uh, this year they said Carmel had recruited from their um, – field hockey team okay i believe seems to make so, sense yeah yeah so it's kind of neat to see where where different teams pick up different girls from oh one of the things that i'm liking as i look through this list of regional champs and some of the the wrestlers who've advanced to the state finals i like seeing girls who are from schools who don't have a rich wrestling tradition um, there's girls in here who qualified for state from purdue polytech from ben davis from brebuff um, from eminence 
schools that we don't normally hear of in the state finals on the boys' side who are having success. And I think you're going to see at some point when this when this becomes sanctioned, I think you may see it be a, a reverse positive where the, the success on the girls' side of things could lead to success on the boys' side of things as far as participation goes and, and those types of things. Well, we, we've seen Brebuff uh, push their team uh, to some limits uh, as Last year when we were up at the uh, Columbia City um, Central match, they had a dual meet going in their side, and it was Columbia City versus uh, Indianapolis for Buff, and then they had another team there of a partial girl. So if you go on a Tuesday night and you drive from Indianapolis to Columbia City for a girls' dual meet, I mean, that's, that's buy-in from a school to take a bus and send it that far. I mean, that is real commitment, and I think Indiana, Indianapolis for Buff is one of those teams that uh, is pushing. They, their girls have been around a lot of places. You've seen them probably have to coach. Yeah, and they came up and wrestled us on a duel. Their coaches, you know, he, he wants to provide as many opportunities as he can for those girls. And you're right, you know, you have to have buy-in from your coach to be willing to send his girls up there and, and accompany them, and you have to have buy-in from the school to be able to, uh, you know, schedule the bus and, and get them up there. At 170 pounds, the second place uh, went to uh, Tricia Ionson of uh, Jay County, and uh, the girl from uh, Columbus City comes in fourth in that weight class. And uh, did she have a pretty close match? Looks like she was defeated by fall in, uh, in the first period of that match. Yeah, the Penn, Penn girl's a pretty tough girl. Trish is a returning uh, third placer. So she, Trish is a tough wrestler, but um, I know the Penn girl, I, she may be a returning champion. Uh, Mackenzie Konaz. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's really tough. What you got at 70 there in the south side, Dane? At 170 pounds, the champ is from Mount Vernon, and the runner-up was from Ben Davis. At 182, uh, Coach Myers has a, another runner-up in um, Molly Hines of Jay County. She's a feat of, in a fall by a wrestler from Penn High School. Uh, Penn, uh, I see in the upper weights, I see Penn with uh, winners just about every other weight class here. They, they have a strong team. They have uh, two full teams almost, don't they? Yeah, I, I think they enter 22. And in this in this tournament, they're allowed to enter, enter two girls per weight, Yes, which is a big help because the last thing you want to do is tell a girl, well, you're JV at yeah. this point. You want to get all as many girls in that state tournament as you can. Looking at 182 pounds at the South Regional, the young lady with the last name of Moscone from the south side of Marion County. Talk about family names. <laughs> well, at 195 pounds, young lady from Fort Wayne, Wayne, uh, Daniela Simpson was your winner from Wayne High School. Uh, Columbus City has a wrestler come in sixth. Um, that was the young lady who let out the scream after she won her very first match. Do you remember her? She was thrilled to be a winner, so I would have loved to have seen her reaction when she won in the finals. So here's the conversation. After she walked off the mat and the young lady that she was in quite the battle with comes off, they were behind me, and she come and she says, "Girlfriend," she said, "You was working tough." She said, "You were wonderful," and they were hugging each other. You know, most guys after they get beat by somebody or other want to beat up on them, but they were hugging and said, "You were phenomenal." And just it was really good to hear that conversation go on behind us. Yeah, we were lucky to be in the same spot there for sure. At one hundred and uh, let's see, two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, young lady from McCutcheon is the winner. Columbus City has a girl come in fourth. We've talked before on our program about the, the, the availability for a girl who wrestles in the 250-pound weight class to have a sport of wrestling. And, you know, depending on bodybuilding and, and, and other things, there aren't a whole lot of sports out 
out there for girls that are that size. And I think that's one of the really great things that, that, that girls wrestling has brought. And I think a lot of the girls that you see in that weight class are not athletes in, in, in any other way, but they've got wrestling now. Yeah, I had a and I appreciate that. I had a conversation with my daughter at breakfast this morning. We are talking about it. I said, what other sport can you have a girl that weighs 98 pounds and a girl that weighs 250 pounds compete in the same sport? They're not all going to run cross country. They're not all basketball players. Some can play softball. But I tell you what, uh, it opens up and broadens the horizons for every young lady. And, Coach, maybe it makes it easier for you to go out and recruit those girls you know, that maybe they're athletic, but they just really couldn't find a sport that has fit for them. And you now you tell them, you know, you're going to have a girls' season. You don't have to wrestle against boys. You can wrestle all girls. And then is it easier to get those girls out than it was five years ago when they had to wrestle against boys? I think so. I absolutely think it is. Uh, we had a girl come out that wrestled 250, and this was her first sport. And um, we also had two girls come out that uh, had played basketball most of most of their lives, very athletic girls, but... Couldn't hit the three? Maybe. I, you know, they probably didn't quite get as much playing time as, as they wanted to, or they wanted to try something a little bit different. So I, I'm glad we're able to offer that opportunity for those girls. And the girls that we, we do have, you know, we have a girl that um, she played, you know, play, has played softball all of her life and played soccer all of her life. And she, she walks out of the wrestling room and says this is her favorite sport. <laughs> and this is her, her third year wrestling. So I, it's really neat that girls are able to have that opportunity when in the past they wouldn't ever ha- had that opportunity. So, Coach, why don't you give me your quick reaction, your quick take on our very first interview um, Mr. Falcons telling us a little bit more about what the IHSAA thinks. Um, I know you and I have had enough dealings with the IHSAA with Robert to know that sometimes he's just the middleman. Yeah. And we've learned a lot in the last year, I think, from our dealings with him that sometimes he's just acting as mediator to what he knows that the executive board desires and wants and how they work and what wrestling coaches want. And a lot of times I think some of the comments that he makes that really aren't his opinion. He's just trying to steer people in the, in the right direction. And I think one of the most difficult things right now is that you have so many people that are excited about girls wrestling and passionate about it um, that, that they want things to happen quickly. You know? And I, I think that we're going to have to be patient. Uh, but you got, I think that it's easy to understand that frustration because I, people are excited. You know, we uh, build uh, percentage-wise. Uh, I don't know what Jason said. He saved like forty-six percent yeah. per year. I, I mean, we're building that quickly, and and you know, we kind of want things to evolve a little bit more quickly. So uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I, I, we were talking about maybe breaking down a little bit of what Mr. Falcon said. Um, I, I'd like to have a, a little bit better grasp, maybe listen again to what he said about what, what he's thinking about the, the number of teams and the number of kids per teams mm-hmm. and, and then the, the total number of athletes. You know, So we, we kind of have something to shoot for a little bit. Well, I, I understand what he said. I mean, it, basically, if, if, if somebody tells me, you got to have 350 girls, okay, we had 371, what mm-hmm. he said. But what he says makes sense. You can't have one girl on this team and one girl on this team. You need to strive to have 100 teams with five or more girls and he had this mathematical formula that comes up with it and i understand what that is you need the overall support you have 
10, 12 girls on your team, you can understand how it is. What do you need to do to talk to those other coaches and say, look, if you want this to be a sanctioned sport, it's got to be a bunch of teams with six, seven, eight, nine girls so that Jay County can go up and wrestle Columbia City with almost a full dual meet and have it be a real event. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I want to ask Coach Myers here, playing a little bit devil's advocate, are there negatives to sanctioning? Um, it depends on who you are. I guess may- maybe my, my, my bigger question is, and we were talking earlier about Giuliano Campo or somebody who wants to be competitive and be at that world and Olympic level. Um, I, maybe I compare this to where we were when we started the team state duels. There wasn't buy-in from everybody. There was questions of legitimacy. There were some, some semantics to work out and, and what that looked and some, some fine-tuning and tweaking. But, you know, some of the conversations that I have, everybody seems dead set on we've got to have IHSAA sanction. We've got to have IHSAA sanctioning. I'll tell you what, when you go there on Friday, those girls consider themselves state champions. There's going to be a 1,000 people there on hand who are going to recognize them as state champions. I don't know how much is going to change once the IHSAA actually sanctions it. I think I think you will see more uh, participation, but I also don't think that we need to just wish away every year from now until the sanctioning comes and, and not focus on the present. Yeah, I think that um, you may clear some hurdles in terms of recognition uh, where where schools may not recognize a, a girl's state champ in the same way uh, because it's not an IHSA-sanctioned sport yet. And I also think that in terms of um, school corporations, they may be more inclined to let you hire a separate girl's coach if it becomes an IHSA sport. Well, I think one thing that has to happen is I know that uh, if – a girl participates on a wrestling team and she wrestles, I think she needs to be awarded a varsity letter. I know that some schools are saying, well, she didn't wrestle on a boys' varsity team and IHSAA doesn't uh, consider it a, a sanctioned sport. That's bull. I think that girl worked hard and she should deserve a letter. If you can be a manager for a sports team and get a letter, why shouldn't you not let her as a varsity athlete on a women's wrestling team? Right, and I, I think that you know that that's another hurdle that IHSA sanctioning takes care of. I I, I don't think that it, that should need to happen yeah. to give them a letter, but I think that it maybe helps in that aspect, uh, just recognition and and you know clearing some of those hurdles. And, and you know once uh, we start to have a girl's schedule. Uh, that's kind of what I did with our program. You know, um, similar requirements and lettering for girls is what there is guys because now you have a state tournament. Now you're you're able to wrestle a certain number of matches, score a, score a certain number of points to earn an a, a, a athletic letter. So, one of the questions that I wanted to talk about before we got off the air today: what what's your relationship between your boys' team and your girls' team? So we. <laughs> We've always practiced together, and then um, we would kind of separate a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, if, if we had some boys or girls that hadn't wrestled before, we would have some coaches work with, you know, some of those kids that need caught up. Uh, this year, we, we practice, uh, we warm up together, uh, we do our initial warm ups and sprints and stuff like that at the beginning of practice, and then we separate. And uh, our girls practice 
on their own our guys practice on their own and then we we come back in together at the end of practice and and stack you know go through our announcements and stack it up um i i think i mentioned before i think that that's done a lot for our program in terms of um increasing the number of girls and making them comfortable with being on the team and you know make it a little bit more tight knit now you talk about the dedication of coaches have you dedicated a coach solely to the girls team i i was fortunate enough that i had um coaches uh, volunteer coaches i've had on staff before um who had had sons on the team or had helped before helped with the the junior high or helped at the high school level that uh, wanted to help this year so i have i have three volunteer coaches that are dedicated just to the the girls and um they're they're awesome it's it's worked out really well now i you know i'll i'll start guys practice we'll get that going uh sometimes i'm in there the whole time sometimes uh i'll have an assistant coach take over and i'll i'll bump over to the girls room and help out a little bit over there but uh i float a little bit but we have three coaches there in there with the girls all the time that's uh i've got john winter um mallory's dad uh troy jacks who uh, it's Cooper Jackson's dad, and he coached in the middle school with us, and he coached with John before. And um, Coach Winter said, "Hey, you want to you want to come help out, and we'll we'll have a, a girl staff." And then uh, Chad Chowning had been on staff, and his daughter Lita is one of the first girls wrestlers in the program whenever I started. Uh, was Lita Chowning, so he's been around and been around girls wrestling for a long time, and he has a daughter that just graduated and is wrestling at indiana tech uh a freshman daughter and a daughter that's in fourth grade so i i think he's in it for the long haul i was gonna say she's gonna have some girls wrestling for you for a long time yeah yeah so and that's beneficial i i've just i've noticed our girls really um really bond this year going you know every saturday for five weeks they went to a girls tournament uh they wrestled in those those duels and they get the recognition for some of their firsts and um, I, I'm kind of interested to see where we go a year from now after uh, we, we grow from about seven girls to 12, 13 girls. We'll see if we make another jump or, um, you know, if, if we stay right at the same number. So do you think Jay County is one of those next teams in line to step up to host a girls tournament? Yeah, I, we, we looked at a few different options this year, and uh, um, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get something done next year. Because to support a full girls season – they can wrestle every weekend. I mean, just like the guys. I mean, it, it's got to be in that buy-in. I mean, you can do a lot of dual meets, but you're not going to get the same numbers from dual meets because there's not full teams to wrestle girls. I know you can throw people together and you match them up as best you can, but uh, that's not like going to a tournament with uh, 200 girls at the tournament and really get them, you know, four or five matches. Yeah, and it, it was kind of neat going to those different tournaments. There's a basic template that they have. They ran three mats at every one, and uh, – you would see a lot of the same girls, but different parts of the state you'd see different girls. Whenever we went to Northview, we saw some different girls from when, when we went to Penn. Um, so I'm hoping that the numbers for girls start to build enough that you start to see you know, some southern, central, and northern Indiana tournaments rather than just one option every week. Uh, right now that's the best bet, though, because you're going to get the most matches in. Well, Dane, uh, tell you what, uh, leading up to our uh, first ever broadcast of the girls' uh, State tournament, uh, I think our, our, our all-girls special has been, uh, uh, I don't think he can be any better with uh, four calling guests and Coach Myers here and uh, uh, some great insight from uh, Coach Fal- um, Commissioner Falcons. And I, I know that uh, we kind of push him a little bit, but I do think he is on the side of getting 
more support, whatever it takes, whether it's sanctioned or not, or whether it's just support of girls' high school wrestling, I think he's on our side. Yeah, I think so. I think I think we definitely learned a lot, and there's some stuff to analyze there. But I think the overall message of tonight is not to don't make this week and, and what happens on Friday revolve around sanctioning in the IHSAA and how much longer, but make it revolve around the girls that are down there and that win. And, you know, 15 years from now when it is sanctioned, I think we need to look back on the girls who win this weekend, just like we are going to look at the girls who win four years from now when it is sanctioned. I think it's going to be the same type of tournament and the atmosphere is great. And if you're able to make it to Kokomo on Friday, whether you support Columbia city or Jay County or Belmont, um, you know, come, come watch it. It's great. It's a neat gym to, 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 to be in. And uh, if you can't listen to us live on WZBD. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a group of young men that uh, had a parade through town here in Decatur today because they won the class two A coaches association state championship. Does that lessen the, the enormity of it or not? I mean, I don't think so. So just because these girls are wrestling in a coach association sanctioned uh, tournament, I think it has the same value as if it was IHSAA sanctioned in my mind. Well, it sounds like the IHSAA and, and Commissioner Falcons had a little bit of a hand in the organization, the way he, the way he talked. So for sure, join us. Uh, if you're listening, if you listen to WZBD, we've got good luck wishes throughout the week for Trinity and Andrea and uh, two great young girls who have worked really, really hard and busted down a lot of doors over the last seven years to get where they are. Well, I, I don't think it's just wrestling. I think this, uh, since they've been in sixth grade, it's life-changing for them. So. Yeah, it, it definitely has. And uh, if you get a chance to talk to them, uh, you're going you're gonna to learn that. I run into them at Walmart by the ice cream section a lot. They're standing there looking <laughs> through the – they don't usually buy anything, just stand and look at the ice cream. But yeah, I, They're wrestlers. That's such a cool thing too, isn't it? That, that, that's what athletics are about at the high school level is to give kids the opportunity to do those things, you know, the, the opportunity to compete and the opportunity to make memories that they'll last their entire lifetime. So the, with that, we're wrapping up the uh, Hager Sefner Hershey's Delt High School Wrestling Weekly, the, the podcast version. I'd like to thank uh, Joe for uh, making sure that that gets put on on IndianaMat.com. I'd like to thank uh, Dave Nathan for always uh, doing a good job of getting that up on the uh, WZBD podcast page as well. And I can tell you we have a special guest next week, none other than former Evansville Modern Day head coach Mike Gable be joining Man. us next week on the show. It just gets better. Well, you can't get better than than the beard we have in front of us right now. The, the, the best beard at South Adams is worn by Grant Mosier, though. It's, uh, it's bigger and bushier, and it's, it has a little Amish look to it, too. So with that, uh, that wraps another edition. And I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for sticking around running a board for us uh, for this podcast session. And tune in next Sunday night for more of the Haggard Stephan and Hershey Zell High School Wrestling Weekly.